Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, January 22nd, 2019, and I'm Steve Peasley. And of course, I thank you for joining me today. And right off the bat, I always say the same thing. I'm here to make you a better investor. That's my job. I am. That is my goal, to make you smarter, to make you make better decisions. And I'm, I, by doing that, I, I hope to answer any of the questions you have and then give you straight, honest, forthright answers to those questions. Hopefully, correct answers because I'm... I'm, what I do is I have a number of bunch of computers in front of me and I look up the things as fast as I can to answer any questions you might have. As long as it's financial, we'll get along just fine. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. You can call me now. We're live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, 888-99-CHART. Well, the market opened down and got pretty, uh, it was a pretty big down day. It ended up being down 301 points on the Dow. 137 points on the NASDAQ and 38 points on the S&P 500. So a down day, but that's after many up days. So it shouldn't be surprising. There's no surprise here. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised, and I've told you before, that we have a few more down days that we kind of maybe maybe not retest the absolute bottom we made, but a retest would not be unusual. It would be usual to retest that bottom. And so... Don't get too excited. On a successful retest, I would be more excited about the market. But we'll see if that happens. Um, the price of oil was down a dollar today. That average gallon is $2.25 per gallon at the pump. It's $52 a barrel. Um, but it was, down, uh, the, uh, it was down today. The IMF, I'm going to talk about that in a bit more detail. IMF downgraded world growth again. Um, I'm going to give you some more details about that. Um, and they have some reasons, and I'm going to go over the, the, the reason. What was interesting, though, did you, know, did you know that the chief, the new chief economist for the IMF is a woman? And that's the first time. Gita uh, Goenoff, she's the first woman to hold the, the, it is one of the most influential positions in economics in the world. So good for her. And did you see this news? Google has been fined 50 million euros. That's $57 million by the French data regulator, CNIL, that's the initials, for breach of the EU's data protection rules. They said there was a lack of transparency, Google, inadequate information and lack of valid consent regarding ads personalizations. The The regulator said it judged that people were not sufficiently informed about how Google collected data to personalize advertising. I think it's kind of difficult to follow all those rules they have, but, you know, I think this, I think it's going to get more strict, not less strict, worldwide, here in the United States too. Looks like J.C. Penney is in trouble. They've been in trouble for a long time, but this time the trouble 
Yeah, I could see them filing for bankruptcy. They still have, you know, they've been around for 118 years, but they they still have about, what, 864 locations, but they lost $160 million last year, 2018. And, you know, it doesn't look good for them. Apple, this is a really interesting thing, which I think has a lot of potential. Apple is teaming up with Johnson Johnson to develop, uh, to, to help reduce the risk of strokes strokes through the Apple Watch may be able to diagnose something. I think this is a really interesting field. Uh, Will the Apple and Apple Watch and Apple software capabilities for health diagnostics drive another wave of device purchases? I I think about this. What if, what if some, some applications, you know, the, the stroke is probably the easiest one because of the heartbeats. You can tell by arrhythmia, different raging of heart, you know, the heart speeding up and those kind of things. But I'm more interested in if someone could come out, come up with a device that could read the blood sugar levels for all the diabetics out there, that would be huge. they got to come up with something like that. Housing existing home sales are out today. Remember, we all these economic data has been been delayed and delayed, but this wasn't, and it was pretty disappointing. I'll be going over that in more detail as the day goes on. And uh, this is day thirty-two of the partial government shutdown. And remember, President Trump made an offer, a proposal that apparently Speaker of the House Pelosi didn't respond to. I don't know. It seems like these two sides could could get together if they wanted to, and they just don't want to. And you know, as Mr. as President Trump makes offers, and the other side kind of ignores them, that does that. They you know, it it if they're trying to win the the war of opinions, they're not going to win that war if they don't you know come back with some kind of offer. You know, some kind of offer. You know, something, something has to move. And as you can tell, there's always lots of market moving news out every day. But, you know, we're first going to go ahead and start taking one of our calls, our listener line calls, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. This is Aaron from Massachusetts. I have a question about MLPs or Master Limited Partnerships. What are the market forces that move these up and down in price? And why do some consider them to be a diversification strategy it's my understanding most of them are in the energy sector. So would it be part of my, the energy part of my portfolio or something separate entirely? Thanks very much for shedding some light. Master Limited Partners uh, traded on the exchange. What drives them? Uh, uh, you know, the, the, obviously, the price go, moving up and down is where you get returned. But I would not consider them, you know, which most of them are energy. I would not consider them part of your energy portfolio because their primary purpose is income. Income. So this would be your income portion of your portfolio. I think that would be a, more, uh, a better slot to put them in. Master Limited Partners, um, they do have some unusual tax consequences, if they're especially if they're outside the United States. So you got to consider that. Uh, they also, you know, some of the some of the income derived from them, even in an IRA, might be taxed because remember they're limited. They're Master Limited Partnerships, are not corporations. So there's a little different tax treatment. Um, but there's nothing wrong with them. But remember, you know, the oils MLPs. You know, a lot of times they're just 
they're just buying the production of oil, or they're you know the the they're buying the income stream. So you got to be you got to really understand what you're buying. Okay, but there's nothing wrong with them. Nothing wrong with them all. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and is your portfolio strategically balanced for the new year, 2019? Well, you better be taking a look at it. It's a good time to take a look at it. And try to understand what 2019 is going to look like. I will be in San Jose tomorrow for portfolio consultations and reviews. And if, I don't really have any slots open, people. So, But I will be back in a month or so, and I will be announcing new times. Our anytime listener line is always open. The number is 888-99-CHART. We're li- chart and we're live right now. You are listening to Invest Talk, streamed and broadcast live Monday through Friday afternoons in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time and available 24-7 via podcast replays at investtalk.com. Tomorrow, Steve Peasley will be in San Jose to conduct no-cost portfolio reviews. But today, he's here live. Have you got a question for Steve? Call now, 888-99-CHART. Our main talking point today, are tech companies ready to respond to Wall Street's doubts? Now, after the tech stock bloodletting that happened in December, financial analysts have have expect mixed results from the tech sector. We're going to talk about that in more detail, of course. Also, existing home sales slide to a three-year low. Now, remember, we've had not-so-great reports for months now, and, you know, they're just piling up. I might, I'm kind of speculating here, but maybe the end is near of the of the slowdown. But we'll, we'll talk about that in more detail, too. China, over the weekend, China uh, announced their 2018 year-end growth rate, 6.6%. Do you realize that's the lowest in 28 years for them? We'll go into some detail on that. And then, of course, the IMF ratcheted down world growth, uh, by the way, uh, again. Uh, again, Still growth, though. Don't get too, too panicked about it yet. It's still growth. But it's interesting. What's interesting to me is the market is not performing worse. Worse. I mean, we've gotten. Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna get into it. I mean, there's problems. You know, not disastrous problems, but you know, economic slowdown usually translates into a bear market. You know, but it's just kind of interesting where our market's holding up pretty good, even though it hasn't. It's been pretty ugly for the last few months, but. Still holding up much better than I expect. So whatever you want to talk about is more important than whatever I want to talk about. So our listen line is always open, and we get a wide variety of investing and finance questions over any time period. 888-99-CHART is the number, and here's a call that came in earlier. Hello, guys. Been listening to the show. Real enjoy the content. I was curious, uh, what's your opinion on Monster Energy, ticket symbol MNST? It's uh, a decent stock for the long term. Thank you very much. Now listen on the show. Or listen forward on the show. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Manufacturers, alternative beverages, including energy drinks, fruit juices, smoothies, and natural sodas. I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure. It's a $30 billion company. Can you believe how big that is? I mean, they do a billion dollars a quarter now. 
A billion dollars a quarter in sales are their monster drinks. And they're everywhere, those drinks. But we always want to make sure. Remember, remember, the key is always, is it making money? Yes, they've made money for years and years and years. Okay? In 2017, they made $1.54. In 2018, they're going to make $1.77, 15% more. 2019, they're going to make $2, another 13% more. And that tracks with the sales growth, 12, 12, 15%, 8%, 15%. I mean, so their earnings and sales are growing in lockstep. And it's been pretty darn consistent. That's why they earned a PE of 31. Okay, and that's pretty high for a drink company, I think. It's not a tech company. It's a drink company. Um, the five-year PE range is 26 to 55 because they've been so consistent. Trend equity is a very healthy 25%. Management owns 2%. And mutual funds, eh, you know, they, yeah, a year ago, they're up a little bit. The last couple of quarters have been kind of sideways. They don't pay a dividend. So you're basically want to buy it right at a good, decent price. And that was in the, like $49, $50. That was really the ideal place because they fell to that level in May. They fell to that level here in December. And they're at 55 now. So they're up 10%. From their low. Um, it was it worth? What's $2 worth? Well, I think it's worth no more than where it is. That's the problem. Uh, I, I mean, they, if you give it, a, if you give $2, uh, $2 a share, uh, 30, uh, you know, uh, 31 PE where it is now, it's $62 per share tar- price target. I think that's a bit high, but it's on the lower end of their range. So uh, I I think right I, I don't think it has a lot more upside potential necessarily. I think it has. I think I'd wait for a pullback. Good solid company though. Good solid company. Okay. You are listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I want to thank you for making this program a part of your routine. Dustin and I do our very best to make it interesting. I I I I, I make a good effort to try to make an interesting for those people who are interested in, in investing in economics. That's my job. So I encourage you to listen and you know suggest it to other people if you can. You can always make a call and ask a question. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Kelly in San Jose. I'm sorry, Kathy in San Jose. How are you doing, Kathy? Hi, Steve. I'm calling about Johnson & Johnson. Could you talk about Johnson mm-hmm. & Johnson? I have some shares, and I want to know if this is a good time to sell. Um, I would say no. Uh, off the, you know, from what I know about Johnson & Johnson, I'll look up here in a sec, uh, that this would probably be a good time to buy. Uh, develops health care products. You know, J&J is a symbol. Uh Worldwide and consumer products, pharmaceutical and medical markets everywhere. It's a three hundred forty-five billion dollar company. Uh, they're gonna their their earnings are gonna only go up this year and next about five or six percent. Sales are growing about 
in the very low digit, single digits, which you expect to a company that does 80 billion plus shares in a 80 billion plus dollars a year. Now, the reason why I say that, Kathy, why I would be a buyer versus seller, this stock was selling for $148 a share right at the beginning of December, and it fell down to $122, and it had some problems. We know that they had issues, right? I mean, in the news, and you can look yeah. them up, but they had some issues. Then it's been trading sideways now, uh, up front to, at about $128, to, and now it's at $128.80, so, and it's been doing that for like two or three weeks. I'm thinking that it's finding support here. I'm thinking it's basing, what we call basing. And I'm thinking that all the damage is pretty much done to the company. It's, and it's kind of anti-cyclical. It's not one of those stocks that go up and down necessarily with the economy because they have a lot of products to get sold regardless of what happens to the economy. So even though their dividend is only 2.8%, that's kind of low. But I, I I probably tend to hold on to it unless you need the money for something. Okay, Kathy? Yeah. Thank Pre- you, appreciate Steve. the call. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of tend to want to be a buyer of it in this area. I might wait till it gets above 130 because that's the 200-day moving average. But I wouldn't be a seller. Let's talk to James in New York. How are you doing, James? I'm well. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Um, I wanted to ask about um, CGC Canopy Growth Corporation, and I believe you might have mentioned that in passing uh, during a discussion, one of last week's episodes perhaps, but I'm having a little trouble maybe understanding the earnings. Uh, I don't know if they're making any money or if they're due to make any money. If so, is that uh, you know a potential buy? Okay. Uh, yeah, they're 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 scheduled to make the their first earnings in 2020, not this year. Next year, they're going to lose a dollar thirty a share this year. They've never made money. Okay, but next year, 2020, they're scheduled to make six cents a share. And everything on this is Canopy Growth Corp. And the Canadian-based company manufactures, sells marijuana for medical and recreational cannabis consumers. And we know that this industry is a growth industry. We know that. And there's going to be some big winners. And I, I believe that Canopy Growth Corporation could be one of those. It's out of Canada. It's not out of the U.S., and it's legal in Canada. And and for here in the United States, for medical purposes, it's legal. Certain states have legalized it, but it's also a, here in the United States against the federal law to sell, to sell cannabis, you know, sell marijuana. So uh, you're, it, this is all on the com because, you know, they're only going to make six cents a share. It's a $43 stock, so it's way, way expensive. And, and turn, but it's growing its sales 30%, 40%, you know, in the most recent quarter. So if you're going to take a chance, this is the kind of cannabis stocks you should take a chance on, even though it's way, way overpriced. Uh, it's a $10 billion company. It has sales and it's going to have earnings, which most cannabis stocks don't. Just don't, don't put a lot of money into it. If you're going to buy it, I would not buy it because it's not... The money is too low. I mean, I, don't, I, I need better money, earnings. But if you want to take a shot, this is the type of company you take a shot at. Okay? Appreciate the call. James, thank you. 
Here's an investment term you should know, valuation reserve. You ever heard of that that, that term? Valuation reserve are assets that insurance companies set aside set aside per state law to mitigate the risk of declines in the value of investments they hold. And why? Insurance companies, see, they put up the reserves, they, the reserves they call reserves, they reserve cl- for claims. They reserve money to pay claims, okay, all the time, all the time. They also have a valuation reserve. Remember, they take those premium dollars and invest them. So they wouldn't need, to, they, the states require that they don't invest them in too risky. Now they have to set aside money for reserves for a reserve to pay future possible claims. They have what they call IBNRs, incurred but not reported claims that they set aside reserves. Valuation reserve is specific, though, as to the value of the insurance company's stock or bond holdings that they need to set money aside in case the stock or bond holdings go down in value. So that's what that is. Interesting, huh? Or maybe it's not. Tomorrow on Talk, a billionaire's hedge fund manager has issued a dire warning on the global economy. His letters warn investors about the economic impact of global tensions, rising debt, and the pervasive political divide. But isn't there always something to worry about? That's going to be on tomorrow's show, right? 888-99-CHART is our number. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm, that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. Twenty nineteen has certainly been interesting for investors so far. Steve and Justin encourage you to make Invest Talk a part of your daily routine. Their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio as you work and plan for your comfortable financial future. Now, the phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, our main talking point today, tech is ready to respond to Wall Street's doubts. Don't, but don't expect a holiday. What's interesting about the article, they're saying you're going to have to separate tech. You're going to have to separate types of tech. The types of tech that makes money by selling products and services to the public are probably going to be problematic in their earnings where those the tech that sells services and products to other companies will probably do much better. And you can see why that makes sense because other companies have a lot more money and there's been more capital expenditures. So you can see how that might work. Whereas 
you know, they're saying that the public has slowed down its spending uh, in the recent quarter. So that's that was the focus here of this article. It's going to be a little bit erratic. We know this for a fact. Look, look what um, Apple did when they announced that the, their i i their iPhone 10 didn't sell is not selling as well, and they don't have any you know back orders or anything, whatever they were saying a few weeks ago. And of course, that you know, iPhone, Apple sell much more to the public. So that's what they're concerned about or what they're saying. But I will say this, all this has been downgraded already in earnings estimates. Remember, uh, we've talked about this every earnings season, right? The experts downgrade earnings and they downgraded them pretty hard for tech in December when the market was falling apart and those FANG stocks just tanked. And I, they may have downgraded them so far and and the stocks tanked enough where actually the actual earnings are going to come out much better than everybody expected. And that might be positive for the market, for the those tech stocks. It's, it's, it's you know, I wish it was easy. But, you know, the stock market, as I said numerous times, in the short term, the stock market is like a, spoiled child it you it could go up it could go down it could throw a tantrum it could be reasonable it could be all those things in the long run it's a very rational being it prices things based on earnings over the long haul but every quarter you get a spoiled child or you know that could be rational or not rational and of course then you get all those wall street gurus and 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 insiders who try to tell you and that they know what's best and what's going to happen and, you know, all these other people that influence it, influences the day-to-day movement for sometimes no rational movement at all, no rational reason at all, okay? Let's go to Kent in Texas. Kent, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine, Steve, and I thank you for taking my call. Hey, Steve, I'm wondering on Exxon, it's consolidating right around $71, $72 now. And looking at the fundamentals, yep. I'm using just uh, Seeking Alpha and, and Yahoo's charts, uh, the, the cheapo uh, don't pay for them charts. And they're showing a, a yep. debt equity of about 22 and a current ratio a little under one and a price to book about 1.6. And I'm wondering, looking at those metrics, do you think Exxon's a good price where it's at? And, and do, are those kind of what your numbers reflect? Yeah, pretty darn close. And yes, I do think it's a good price here at uh, uh, $71.89. They're going to make $4.60 for 2018, and they're going to make a little less for 2019, $4.51. You don't really buy Exxon for the growth, even though sales growth have been pretty good. You don't really buy it for the growth. You really buy it for the dividend, 4.6% right now. And I think it's at a pretty reasonable price. Uh, at, with a, you know, a, what, $71 or $72 price tag, going to make $4.51. And that looks like, what, a 15, 16, 16 13. PE? Uh, yeah. Uh, 13? Yeah, and that's why I, I, I want it. Pretty... I'm an old coot, so I need the, the dividends is all I'm interested in. And, and you know, yeah, I just wanted yeah. to buy it at a decent price. Yeah, I think it's a decent price right now. I, I do, Kent. Uh, I think oil is what fifty fifty one dollars a barrel. 
I think that's fairly reasonable. Yeah, I, I think this is a pretty good price. Now, if we go into recession next year or the year after, it'll probably fall. But if you just hold on to it, you'll be fine. Okay, Ken? Yeah, Appreciate that's the call. what I'm looking Excel for. Mobile, Thank everybody. you, my friend. Thank you. XOM Mobile Symbol, everybody. It's XOM. XOM. Good company. I mean, we're talking about a $304 billion company. $304 billion. I mean, those are mega, mega companies. You're listening to Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And let me remind you that the Talk radio program and podcast provide you daily, you a daily dose, your daily dose of market news and Unbiased commentary. I really am don't have a bias one way or another. I really don't. I just want to get the facts out there. And we have a new offering, Invest Talk Academy. It's a class. It's online, it's an online training class covering a wide variety of financial investment subjects and pretty in-depth. And we're getting as we go along, we'll get more and more in-depth. Um, you can uh, learn more about it. I'll be doing the class this Thursday at nine o'clock. Uh, go to investtalkacademy.com. I'm taking your questions now at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are ever unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, it may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for their individualized guidance. You can start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Dana Point, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. You can call with questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to John in Santa Cruz. How you doing, John? Good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Thank you. I wanted to ask you about Core Civic. Um, uh, wondered if the dividend is safe. Uh, it would be a long-term hold if I buy it. Okay, it's a REIT. Uh, Core Civic Inc. is a REIT real estate investment trust holding correctional detention facilities for federal, state, local authorities in 19 states and D.C. They pay a 9% dividend. REIT has to, a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, has to pay for everybody else, John, has to pay 90% of their earnings and the form of a dividend. They have to, and then they, if they, when they do that, they get to avoid paying corporate income tax. You're taxed at the, at the uh, shareholder level, not at the corporate level for income. They're going to make $2.40. They've been making that about $2.30 to $2.40 for the last three years. So they've been pretty steady about that. And if they're paying, you know, it's a $19 stock. So the dividend at 9% it should be fairly safe. The sales growth is single digits. So it's not growing a lot. It's not, you, do, you buy this for the dividend, what you're doing. Now, the problems that they could have, the problems that I, that I always foresee in these the correctional detention facilities is if, you know, it's, there's a lot of politics involved. So if you get a, a state government that decides oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna pay private private prisons, that's what this is, a private prison. California, you know, is that way, you know, that they decide to change their rules or remember they do in nineteen states. There's where your 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 
your risk is, is the changing of laws in the various states that they, do, they conduct business in. Hopefully, they're diversified enough where it doesn't affect them too much. But it's a pretty darn low price. I mean, they're going to make $2.40. It's a $19 stock. That's pretty low. So I think I think you're fairly safe here, John, with the dividend. Fairly safe okay. on CXW, okay. 9%. Thank okay, you. appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278 is the number, everybody. China's reported over the weekend that their 2018 GDP was 6.6%, and that's the lowest, 6.6% growth. And that's the lowest in 28 years. And my question is, and the question really should be on everybody's mind, that's looking in the rearview mirror. That's what happened in 2018. And that's probably why their stock market all year was in a bear market. But they've already, they've already, you know, they've already provided stimulus to their system. And I don't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight them on that. They generally, they generally, if they want to stimulate the system, there's the economy they do because they have the money to do it. And they have a lot of our money to do it with, right? And the dangers are for them the the trade tensions between us and them. That but that seems to be easing a bit. If we get an agreement, that's the whole new ballpark. There is no collapse. There's nothing really. You know, you you kind of understand. China was growing twenty percent, then down to ten percent. Now it's at six percent. You cannot get their fourteen trillion dollar economy now. You cannot continue to grow economies that size in the double-digit range. It has to go down. The law of large number plays a part here. We can't grow in a double. We're never going to grow, we mean the U.S., 10, 12, 13. We're never going to grow like that. We're, we're a $20 trillion economy. Okay? We, we're not going to. We're much bigger. But the smaller economies can always grow a lot faster. Obviously. So I don't think I'd worry too much about China now, uh, especially if they get a trade deal with us. They need it a lot worse than we do, <clears throat> the trade deal. So I think that's why, remember the rumors over uh, last week where that they were going, they have a semi-agreed to buy a trillion dollars a year of goods and services from us. That would totally get rid, if that's true, that would totally get rid of the trade imbalance. Per year, by the way, trillion, one trillion. You're going to get up to that after about three years or so. Boop, 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 and get to a trillion dollars a year. Uh, that's that's a fantastic result if it's true. And now, you know, you can't just talk that we'll maybe get there. It has to be guaranteed in some way. But I think I thought that was pretty interesting. I think, uh, and I think you, I think there's too much worry about China at this stage. Should have worried about them last year, not this year. I think. Remember when something, you know, they, they had a bear market all last year. Do, do, does that mean I'm going to jump in the Chinese market? No. It just means I'm not going to be sweating bullets over them. Not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not necessary. I, I, they'll do something to stimulate their economy. And it might be the wrong thing to do in the long run because, you know, someday it's going to come down and it's going to turn around and bite them, you know, because you can't stimulate the economy. You can't produce, uh, you can't, it's, it's, a, if they're going to go free, free economic system, which they're trying to do, there's supply and demand. Okay. You can't continue to supply without the demand being there. 
It's like pushing on a string. You can't make it happen. <laughs> you got to have the demand there. So it's, it's always interesting. Interesting stuff. I find it fascinating what China does. 888-99-SHART. Let's grab another call. 888-992-4278. Good morning, Steve and Justin. just want to let you know that uh, I appreciate the podcast that you guys put out there every day in your live radio show. I listen to it uh, almost five days a week. But my question for today is the timing to get back into my 401k mutual fund. I pulled my money out and put it into safe treasury bills around mid-December. And I know the, the last few days, the last five out of six days, the market's been going back up. So there's still a lot of happening globally, as you guys explained. And, you know, it could pop back down to test its lows. So I wonder if you could tell us when you think the timing is right to move the cash back into my mutual fund. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. You know, of course, I don't have a crystal ball. You know, I don't have that. What I can do, and I will do, is give you the probabilities, okay? For instance, it's probable that we've seen a short-term high in the market. Why do I say that? Um, I use, I'm using a lot of different things, but the one that convinces me is the Fibonacci numbers. And uh, the, the bounce from an oversold position now to kind of an overbought position in a short period of time the oversold was over a couple, three months, but the overbought has been only the first 15 days of this month. Tells me that we're probably going to give some of that back. And I don't know if today was the beginning of that. I don't know that. But I would really feel more comfortable if we had a kind of retest of the lows. I don't expect it necessarily to go to all the way back down to the absolute low. But if it goes back half of the gain that it got... From the very bottom to yesterday, if it gets back half of that gain and starts up again, I'd be I'd be starting buying back into the market. You know, I, I just think that we may have seen we may have seen the lows until we go into a recession. That means I think we're going to see a market that kind of turns sideways a lot this year. I can see that happening. Um. If the Federal Reserve doesn't raise rates, yeah, there's an agreement on tariffs with China and a trade agreement with China. Those things would probably be very beneficial for the market. At the same time, earnings are not going to be as strong this year as they were last year. The, market, the economy is going to be a little bit weaker, not this year than it was last year. So you got, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the probabilities here. <laughs> Okay, so I think if it gets back half of it, I think I start to get back, tease back into the market. I really would. 888-99-CHART, everybody. 888-992-4278. Give me a call. On the next Invest Talk, a billionaire hedge fund manager has issued a dire warning on the global economy. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. I'm taking a look at MGM Resorts International, ticker MGM. So I was just thinking of a way to get in on this legalized sportsbook betting. 
and I came across an article that read that MGM has the rights to NBA basketball and Major League Baseball, which I'm not exactly sure what that means for legalized sports betting, but looking at the chart, it looks like MGM's just kind of bounced around, not gone up or down too much, and just wondering if this would be a, a good play on that or if I should keep looking. Hope to hear your thoughts. Thanks a lot. Bye. MGM Resorts, everybody, operates casinos uh, with 27,000 slot machines, 1,800 table games, 2,002 million square foot of casino space, and about, what, 47,800 rooms? So it's a $14 billion company. Um, MGM is fine. Uh, I think it's expensive. There are other major casinos that I think look better. And I don't think you should be buying it based on the sports book for major league sports because all of the team, all of the big big boys will will get in on the action. So I don't think that's a reason. What I would look at is one of the major competitors and compare numbers. You'll find that that competitor. Notice I'm not saying who it is because I can't. Um, but I like one a competitor, a major competitor of theirs, much better because it has much better numbers. Growth rates, uh, PE ratios, debt, you know, and and dividend, much better. So uh, uh, keep looking. I would like you just to compare the top three or so uh, resorts. That's what I want you to do. Uh, top three casinos, and there's you can probably know them off the top of your head, and I think you'll see one that stands out a little bit better than this. I don't have a problem with thinking because I think these uh, these uh, many of them are, are good good investments at this point. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine ten two four two seven eight. The existing homes sales down three year low. Uh, there was uh, four oh, four point nine nine million sold. And that's six point four percent. This is on an annual basis. That's six point four percent less than month over month. And 10.3% less year over year. This is December's report. So it didn't look very good. Did not look very good. Um, now the forecast for next year is 5.1 million, which is, you know, not that great either. So don't think it is. Um, the thing that was good, the inventory. The inventory of existing home sales is always based on the number of months it would take at the rate they're selling. How many months would it take to sell off the houses that are on the market? And it went down from 3.9 months to 3.7 months. So inventory is shrinking a little bit. So that's that's positive for the housing market. And the housing market you know, is always a backward-looking situation. Because I think with the mortgage rates dropping from 5% to 4.5% for a 30-year fix in December uh, into the January, and that's where it is right now, 4.5%, it's going to be have a positive effect on housing. Then add one more, fa- one more factor to this, this picture, and that is um, the millennials are finally starting to enter the marketplace. So I have a feeling uh, housing's kind of going to, you know, I was kind of negative during the summer. If you've been listening to the radio show, I'm saying the housing market's showing cracks. And so now I'm thinking, okay, I think we might see some possible stabilization if the Fed will just stop raising rates. 
we might see some stabilization. One more fun fact, because I came out with the Academy, Academy Awards nominees, and they came out with the best picture, and Black Panther was nominated, which I was surprised, because it's not the type of movies they nominate for best picture. But the fun fact is, Black Panther made $700 million at the box office, okay? Do you know who the closest second place? A star is born at $200 million. Then Bohemian Rhapsody at $200 million. Okay, then the, these are all the best picture uh, um, best picture ones. And then Black, KK Klansman, $48 million. Green Book, $42 million. Vice, $39 million. And the favorite, $23 million. Versus $700 million. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Best Talk program. And I thank you for your loyal support. I really do. And all your questions. Have a great evening, everybody. Justin will be here tomorrow since I'll be in San Jose. But have a great evening, and thank you very much. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.